What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Live from the Danger Room, hidden deep under a Westchester mansion, it's the mighty Marvel Tooncast with Tim Nidell and Jeremy Shields. Two of you. The odds are getting better and better. Spiders. Danger. We always kiss the bridesmaids, too. This ain't Cajun country, hun. Zip those lips. Kumbaya. He's alive. And in a lousy mood. I can't believe it. Get away while you can. Join them as they review classic Marvel animation. And now, here's Tim and Jeremy. Excelsior. Well, hey, Toonsters. We're back. It is me. It is Jeremy. And, of course, with me is the ever-elusive... Tim Nidell. There he is. Tim Nidell. I'm here, too. And we... (laughs) <laughs> we are here in the danger room, uh, and we're making sure to not hit any buttons once again. And why are we together? Because you should never go to the danger room alone. That's what it was we were saying in previous episodes. I'm glad it. I remembered. <laughs> so while we're in the danger room, why are we in here, Tim? I have no idea, honestly. <laughs> are we Are we talking about Spider-Man? Is that what we're doing? Yes, that's right. We're talking Spider-Man, but uh, we do it from the danger room because this is the only place we could be in a nice, secure location to make sure nobody comes in and stops us from recording these because, you know, the man is always out there to say, hey, uh, you can't do that. And darn the man. That's what I had to say. That's right. We're 90s kids, okay? So everything was darn the man, (laughs) right? Okay. And that's why we're talking about a 90s series right now. So Spider-Man, the animated series, we are working on now the second episode. Which, of course, introduces the Spider Slayers. I think that's actually the name of the episode, too, isn't it? It is. I should have looked that up. Part one, yep. The Spider Slayer, yes. Originally, this aired on February 4th of 1995. Whoa. Yeah, and this is one, I think uh, we've even talked about this before, that there seemed like there was a delay from that first episode until this one, because the first one had aired, I think, like November 94? Yeah, it it was a long time. It's like they, they, they tease this to say, oh, by the way, this will be happening kind of uh, next year. But here's a good look. So I had been waiting for this episode for a very long time. And th- we've talked about it before, but this series is just amazing. It, it still holds up today. And as a, I was 15 and you were what, maybe 18, 19? I was 17. Okay, 17, at okay. Time. Yeah, yeah, at the time of this episode, I was 17. Okay. And still watching cartoons. Hey, it. you know, I did it <laughs> I did it up until I was 20, you know, when I moved out of the house and I started working in Yellowstone, where there is no TV whatsoever, that's when I stopped watching cartoons because I was forced to stop watching TV. So I was the same uh, way. I watched I watched cartoons up until I was 19. Yep, and now if I still if I find a good cartoon, I will still watch it today. Now today, even though I'm 40 now. Well, see, I'm different when it comes to that. I, I'm I, I don't know. I, I don't like modern day cartoons. Usually, there's some that I do appreciate and I can watch. But another aspect of it is I don't have time in my yeah. busy schedule to watch cartoons. So I just Star Wars Rebels and Star Wars: The Clone Wars. I haven't seen any episodes of either one of those. See. 
And Netflix does have the Clone Wars, but you don't have Netflix. I don't have Netflix. <laughs> Those no are two time. animated series worth your time. Once you get through the first season on both of them, it's kind of, eh, but once you hit the second season, it's it hits the gas and it's an excellent show. Both mm-hmm. of them. But we're here to talk about Spider-Man, and should I That's right. should I maybe and set up that I wasn't able to watch this episode? <laughs> again, we have a hard time, because they have not released the Spider-Man animated series here in the United States. Mm-hmm. They have released it, I have found out, uh, over in Europe, and I think uh, maybe specifically in Great Britain. But in order to get a copy of it over here, it'll be in PAL format, and people over in Britain know that we can't get it in the States, and they will sell it for a few hundred dollars to get the entire series. Uh, so Disney, doggone it, released the series because uh, otherwise we have to find alternative means to watch these. And believe me, there are ways there out are there, ways. and you're there not making ways. any money off of it. Exactly, and I thought I had that way, and I do have that way, but they numbered them wrong, so I watched the wrong episode in preparing for this episode we're about to record. So I, I'm all ready to talk about the Scorpion if you want to talk about the Scorpion. Ah, uh, but we're not ready to talk about Scorpion <laughs> yet. That's coming up in a, in a in a few weeks. But you did mention I I got to point out that you called this an amazing series and how yes. apropos because this is the amazing, amazing Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Which uh, we better just get to it. Oh, but we didn't mention that uh, if you enjoy hearing our craziness, uh, make sure you check out the Neverland podcast and also Saturday Morning Rewind. Mm-hmm. There's of course podcast for each and also a YouTube channel for each. And Saturday Rewind here has been putting up some really fun stuff. Which I meant to ask you about later, but I'll do that after the yes. show because yes. I've been watching some stuff and I'm like, that's really cool. How did you get that? Sweet. But yeah, he's got cool stuff. So go check it out. Yep. All the links are anyway. on the website. So there you go. Yes. And however you're listening to this, uh, we we had some kerfuffles. And you, those of you who have been listening for a while, uh, hi, Mom. No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we have had to change some of the things on feed. We are back in iTunes. But uh we have a feed that runs through the Neverland podcast main feed, which uh, through Libsyn, if you've been listening on that one, the Marvel Tombcast episode has, you probably noticed, has been popping up there. But we do also have a specific feed special to the Marvel Tombcast, which you can go and find that one as well. Tell people to come and check it out. Like That way, if you're a Marvel fan but not a Disney fan, well, then you can go and just get the one. So tell your friends, spread the word, Marvel Tombcast. We're doing something awesome here. But now, the Spider Slayer! Tell me about it, Jeremy. Tell me all about the Spider Slayer. Well, it's a typical night for Spider-Man. You know, he's just swinging. Everything's cool. Going through New York. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, these weird, like, droid robots. They're like these flying drones come out of them. They're like these giant cameras. Ah, nice to just get away up here sometimes. Clears out the cobwebs. Oh. Spider-Man's going crazy. Guy can't even sling a few webs in peace anymore. And it seems they were just sent to track him. And uh, really, they just kind of hit ramming speed at him. And so he realizes, okay, there's something wrong with these. They're explosive, and they're just trying to ram me. But after Spidey deals with those and wondering, well, what in the world's going on with that? And he does, of course, manage to get a few pictures because he plants that camera, Mm -hmm. which we don't see him do, but we see him later. He does have the photos. We see that Norman Osborn is there with this other guy, Spencer Smythe. You blew it. You failed, Smythe. My father is the world's foremost expert in the field of robotics, Mr. Osborne. He is not a failure. Relax, Alistair. No need to defend me. No need? 
You let that web-swinging weasel make fools of us. Not for long. This was only a trial and, run. And uh, Alistair Smythe, who's in a this wheelchair there, is there with Spencer Smythe. And they said, well, this was a successful test. Well, we didn't hurt Spider-Man, but we just wanted to make sure we could track him properly and find him wherever he goes. Now, it's important to note, and I think this is why it's their very huge camera lens on here, that they seem to be going by visual scanning. Mm. So... They don't seem to have any other way to actually detect his DNA. Maybe. There might be something where they can track something about Spider-Man. This is actually something that was used. Uh, did you ever play the Spider-Man movie tie-in video game way back in the yes, day? Yes, I sure did, yeah. And they had the whole thing where they, they, uh, they're making something to track. Uh, and they basically did like Spider-Slayers in a way in that game at one point. But they were trying to track Spider-Man because they're trying to figure out the secrets of his power. And they managed to trace like his his spider-like DNA. So there might have been something like that going on, but I think the important thing they're wanting us to notice is these cameras, so they're mainly relying upon, that looks to be Spider-Man, let's go get him. Mm -hmm. Very, very important. Well, the next day we're finding out that uh, there's a charity ball going on. J. Jonah Jameson calls Peter in here to this meeting. He's got Felicia Hardy in there. Then there's the caterer, the parking attendants, the musicians, the cleaning crew. It's all been taken care of, right, Mr. Jameson? Of course. This isn't the first charity ball I've hosted, Miss Hardy. Yes, but this is the first one with the Hardy name attached to it. Now, what about the photographer? Mother says we absolutely must have one. Yeah, well, tell Mother that if I spend any more money on this thing, I'm going to need charity. Now, they've made some alterations to Felicia Hardy's character a little bit for the animated series, and she's kind of this, like an heiress of sorts. Uh, you have some money, and she's holding a charity ball, and, oh, look, Peter, I know Peter. Well, we go to school together, and you can tell Peter's definitely got the thing for Felicia Hardy, which at this point seems mutual, but things will become a little bit more comic-friendly. Now, there's a lot of characters we could cover in our upcoming profile. Felicia Hardy we will get to later, but not right now, because she is definitely a big character that you're yeah, going to want to get is. to know. Big important character. I'm still waiting for her in a good movie. But uh, that's, that's a whole true. other story. That is, that's so true. That's She's a perfect character for a movie. Yep. Uh, there's a whole thing going on with Sony trying to team her up with Silver Sable, but uh, they need to put her in a Spider-Man movie first, mm -hmm. I think. But that's a whole – that's neither here or there. <laughs> <laughs> that's a big – they at least did put somebody in Amazing Spider-Man 2. There was somebody working at Opscorp who they called her Felicia, which I took to mean, aha, there you are. Nice. I never – I didn't catch that. Sweet. Yes. Well, I was kind of expecting it because I follow up on Spider-Man movies. And yeah. so I knew that they were supposed to be somebody cast as a Felicia. So I was waiting for that. And when they mentioned her name, I was like, yay. And right at that point, they had plans to make more Spider-Man movies based all around that. So I was expecting to see Black Cat later. But yeah. they kind of got kiboshed. In, yeah. So maybe through Homecoming, you know, from there. We we'll shall see. see. I want to see a good Black Cat. Uh, but anyway, so Felicia Hardy's got this this charity ball going on. Uh, this is also you're going to find out that uh, Eddie Brock is, as a reporter, is not just you know for a newspaper. J. Jonah Jameson also has a news channel that he also runs, uh, which becomes kind of important because that's the only way they could really get some of the, the story thing. But uh, Eddie Brock is not going to be able to help cover this event because he's working on something really, really big, but he hasn't said what it is yet. So Peter Parker gets the assignment to go and take photos at this charity ball, which J. Jonah Jameson apparently is putting up a substantial amount of money, and he ain't hot, happy about this to do this charity ball. But the Hardy Foundation is a big donator to the uh, the newspaper and big advertiser, you know, that kind of thing, sponsor. So J. Jonah Jameson is putting up the money, and they're holding it at his place. So 
Felicia Hardy that says, hey, you know, you need to bring a guest with you. And who does Peter bring with him to the, the charity ball but little old Aunt May, which is just sweet. And she actually, <laughs> Flash Thompson, he's actually at this thing. And Flash Thompson tries to mock Peter for it. And Felicia Hardy tells him, well, I think it's sweet and goes over to now, if it was Now, if it was Aunt May from the new movies, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> just saying. Yeah, Aunt May suddenly got hot. <laughs> what she's, happened there? She's not 90 years old anymore. She's just hot. Yeah, which is really not quite Aunt May anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Much as we like Marissa Tomei, it's just like, um, where's the lady from those uh, first three? Uh, the, you know, she was like the perfect Aunt May. Where's the old lady from Titanic? Is she still alive? Let's get her. I don't know. I don't she, think she's alive. She I, no, I think yeah. she passed away like years ago. Could have, could have. I don't know. I don't pay attention to people from Titanic so much. <laughs> you know. Second viewing that I realized this isn't really that good of a movie. Come on, <laughs> I was waiting for the the accident to happen so it would get. Yeah, no, that is the best part of it. It's second second half is the best part. Yeah, second half because then it becomes intense. Until then, yeah. I was like, "Wow, I'm kind of bored." <laughs> so, and then suddenly Kate Winslet takes your clothes off. And you're not bored anymore. No, I'm kidding. I'm making a bad joke. Okay, but <laughs> uh, that we'll save that for the our Titanic podcast coming up next. Sure. Yes, the the one that's going to hit an iceberg and and sink. <laughs> so. <laughs> Okay, well, enough of my titanically bad jokes. So, speaking of a bad joke, see how I segue that? Ooh, that's a good Fla- one. Flash Thompson thinks he's just being brilliant, and at this point, we're also getting to meet Harry Osborn, who's kind of a little bit of a stooge for Flash Thompson. You know, he's kind of light in the loafer, uh, you know, kind of a wishy-washy. You know, he's he's he just seems to flounder about, uh-huh, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know how, to, how else to say it, but so he kind of follows. He's a bit of a follower. You know, he's been kind he's been of brought down by his overbearing father. But Flash Thompson has bought himself a Spider-Man costume, and he figures he's going to prank Peter Parker by wearing the costume and going pushing Peter around and uh, saying, hey, well, those photos you're like, I don't like them. Hey, you look just like your big hero. That better. Paid enough to rent this thing for the frat party. Well, what do you think Peter will do when he sees you in it? Don't know what he'll do. Just don't be standing too close to him when he does it. Parker, it's time we had a talk. About what, uh, Spider-Man? About those pictures you're always taking of me. I don't like them. So Flash Thompson just thinks he's so funny, and Peter's just trying to play along. Peter's like, uh, you're not me. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's already a weirdly awkward situation. But uh, at that time, <gasps> let's do a character bio. Yes, do it. Who are you? Unidentified mutants. You know who I am. Who told you my name? What right, army? So Spencer Smythe, which you know in the comics he uh, he lasts a lot longer than he did here in this cartoon, but we'll uh, we'll talk about that one a little bit later. Professor Spencer Smythe was a robotic and arachnid expert who asked J. Jonah Jameson to fund his projects, having become convinced by Jameson's editorials that Spider-Man was a menace. That almost seems to hold true in this episode. This episode, instead of J. Jonah Jameson, it's actually Norman Osborn. But after watching a demonstration showing that Smythe's robot could sense and track spiders, Jameson hires Smythe to capture Spider-Man. Jameson himself controlled the robot, meaning that Spider-Man found himself chased by a machine man with Jameson's face. However, Spider-Man escaped by leaving his Spider-Man suit wrapped in the robot's tentacles. Smythe, annoyed at the inability of his robot to capture Spider-Man, began to obsess about the web crawler, turning to crime to finance his research and constantly improving his robot, which he dubbed Spider Slayers. Hence the name of this episode. 
However, no matter how deadly or powerful he made them, they were always defeated by Spider-Man, utilizing a key flaw in their designs. The second one, for example, was capable of tracking a unique energy signature generated by spiders, but was defeated when Spider-Man lured it back to Smythe's laboratory, causing it to overload from the multiple multitude of spiders Smythe kept there for his research. Eventually, Smythe's criminal career came to an end when the radioactive materials used in the manufacture of the robots poisoned him, dooming him to a slow and agonizing death. Blaming Jameson and Spider-Man equally for his impending demise, Smythe handcuffed the two of them together with a bomb scheduled to detonate in 24 hours. Which actually is coming up in an upcoming episode uh, in, in the Spider-Man series, which we'll talk about that one. Uh, anyways, determined to make the two of them suffer the agony of inescapable death that he saw them as having condemned him to. Unfortunately for Smythe, his disease was too advanced for him to survive the 24 hours himself, and he expired convinced that he had killed off the two men responsible. Peter Parker, however, had a pretty good grasp of, of what made mechanical devices tick, and was able to abort the bomb by freezing its controls mere moments before it would have detonated. Now, here recently, in a storyline called Dead No More, The Clone Conspiracy, Spencer Smythe was cloned by Miles Warren and his company, The New You Technologies, which I have not and will not read, because <laughs> uh, it's written by Dan Slott. I do not like him as a writer, for the most part, with Spider-Man. I don't like what he's done with the character, and I don't like the clone saga stuff. It's always a disaster every time they do it, and they went back to do it again. Uh, they even went so far as bringing back Uncle Ben into this whole thing, oh, and right. so I'm not going to read any of that's that, right. so that's all I can say. Nobody's dead in comics anymore, so. But some people need to remain dead because it's too important. Exactly. To now, Spencer Smythe, of course, we've mentioned he has a son, Alistair, and we're going to talk about him the next time we talk about Spider-Man because Alistair is going to become quite important. And Sweet. he is equally deadly and smart. So let's jump back into our episode synopsis. All right, so... As we were talking about before, Flash Thompson is there dressed as Spider-Man, and he's trying to push around Peter, and Peter's like, oh, okay, sure, I won't take your picture no more, you know? And boom, a Spider-Slayer. And, okay, this is what they called the Black Widow Spider-Slayer, because it's a large black robot, <laughs> and it's got, like, acid spit things and all these weapons, and it says giant spider. And it crashes through the ceiling. Now, Norman Osborn had mentioned, well, I just want Spider-Man captured. So that's what it's there to do. Well, of course, now we mentioned it only has a camera to really identify Spider-Man in. So who does it see? Flash Thompson, who is cowering over in the corner. So, of course, it grabs up uh, Spider-Man, Flash Thompson, as Peter Parker tries to duck away after making sure Aunt May is okay in a, in a, a room with a TV so she can watch what's going on, pretty much. Uh, and Felicia, unfortunately, sees Peter going away as she's kind of, you know, got some debris kind of around here. And she sees Peter Parker go and taking Aunt May away and not coming for her. Mm. So uh, he changes to Spider-Man. Spider-Man comes and helps Felicia which Felicia appreciates Spider-Man, not so much Peter Parker. So Spider-Man, though, uh, doesn't know where the Spider-Slayer went, but you, you will later see him as J. Jonah Jameson is watching TV with Aunt May in the other room as the Black Widow has gone back to this secret location with what they think is Spider-Man, and Eddie Brock is there with a camera saying he will now exclusively pull the mask from Spider-Man and reveal his identity to the world. That's the big scoop he was working for. So Eddie Brock thinks, thinks he's just making his career. <laughs> Live and exclusively. Cut to the chase, Brock. Flash Thompson. You know him? He goes to school with my nephew, Peter Parker. Wait a minute. 
Are you telling me Spider-Man's just some goofy kid? That's unbelievable. How can anything be unbelievable to a guy who publishes a tabloid? <gasps> Spider-Man! And Jonah's like, yeah, that's the real thing right with here. So Eddie Brown just made me look like a chump on national television. So Spider-Man gets an idea of where the location is and sets off to go save Flash Thompson because he's in a, a lot of, which Aunt May does mention. I kind of love this. Uh, Aunt May says, somebody better go hope that, help that nice Thompson boy and looks up. Spider-Man's already on his way. <laughs> so then now the fun starts. Spidey shows up there and... Uh, uh, this was interesting. If anyone listens to who did that voice with Trenton Larkin, which you should, he had John Semper, who was the main writer uh, for the Spider-Man animated series. I really would like to get him on this show, plus the Neverland podcast show would be awesome. Uh, I actually have tried to get him on the show, uh, Neverland show, but he wasn't able to do it at the time. Maybe that's changed. So we'll see about getting him to talk on the Marvel yeah. Toon cast. But he mentions that he did not want to have Spider-Man ever punch anything because it seemed too mean. Although uh, in the comics, huh. Spider-Man can punch the dickens out of whatever yeah, he wants. Yeah, exactly. In the cartoon, he just didn't feel it right because he says Spider-Man has all these other things that he can do with some webbing. And, you know, when Spider-Man shows up, we see some of uh, some of these soldier guys come running in and they want to grab Flash Thompson Spider-Man because, oh, he's got an enemy, which I forgot to mention. Norman Osborn was seen talking to this enemy and it's the Kingpin, which we can do a segment on him later. Nice. The Kingpin is uh, – they've got him doing more of a worldwide crime syndicate instead of just ruling New York yeah. and Hell's Kitchen, you know, this, which was very cool. He's doing it from like the top of uh, – like the – is that the Chrysler building in New York? It's, it's a famous building. They have it like he's got a whole thing. But uh, so it, you'd find out that the Kingpin has actually been orchestrating this whole thing to where he wants to get Spider-Man because Spider-Man has been interfering in his criminal empire. So these guys show up, and they're actually apparently working for the Kingpin. Spider-Man shows up, and he's allowed to kick people and web people and fling them around and do all kinds of stuff, but never punch them, which is kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. So he deals with them, but now he's still got this giant spider that realizes it's him, and it is it is like nearly invincible except for the special acid that they use to uh, put the screws in. So that's the only thing that might possibly hurt it. So now he's got to figure out a way to get it in there. And it's pretty cool because you have this great scene where Spider-Man takes like this big metal uh, steel uh, beam. This thing is indestructible. Foul ball coming. Do the Mets need me or what? And he's he's making baseball jokes as he's whacking this thing, trying to be able to subdue it. Uh, but eventually, after the whole mess, he uh, finally gets a great idea, gets on the top of the thing, and puts a web cartridge into the thrusters of the Black Widow robot. When it tries to thrust away at one point, it gets gummed up in its own webs and falls into the vat of acid, which was the only thing that could eat through its armor. Uh, and that's really summing things up. However, in the process of the battle, there was uh, a fire started in there. Alistair and Norman Osborn leave, but Spencer says, no, I'm going to stay here and, and see this through. Unfortunately, Spencer doesn't make it out, and the whole place, kaboom, explodes, leaving Alistair Smythe outside very upset. And uh, jumping to the very end of the episode, which I am going to back up again, but jumping to the end of the episode, you see the Kingpin coming along and saying, oh, well, I knew your father, and uh, he was doing a great thing, but I would like to now help you follow, uh, follow up on your father's work, Mr. Alistair Smythe. And so he hauls him away. Now, I will also mention again, once again, Alistair Smythe is in a wheelchair at this point and has been the entire episode. Mm -hmm. When we actually learn about Alistair Smythe, we find out how he got in that wheelchair. Yep. Because he wasn't in it at the, when he first showed up. But uh, while that whole thing has been going on, of course, 
Peter shows back up at uh, at J. Jonah Jameson's apartment, you know, Flash is safe, and Flash has vowed he's never going to do anything that stupid again, because Spidey has had a little talk with him. It's like, now you know the trouble that this mask causes, and then now knock it off. You know, don't do anything like this. Uh-huh. So, hmm? oh, I thought you were about to say nope. something there. But uh, So Felicia Hardy comes up, and uh, she <laughs> reads Peter the riot act. First the dolt, now the coward. Coward, I? I was only trying to... You abandoned me! Spider-Man had to save me! If you were half the man he is... And so, you know, she storms off. But I like that they do that because in the comics, this was a big deal. As the Black Cat, as she meets the Spider-Man later before she goes good and everything, they have a relationship together where she likes Spider-Man. But at one point he says, you know, well, I've got to show you who I am. He unmasks and she's like, no. No, put it back on. <laughs> Literally. She wants nothing to do with Peter Parker. Wow. She loves Spider-Man. Uh, I love that. That's, that's really cool. So and as the series goes on, they did go in that direction, and I really love that they did that. But they have where she's got this thing on Peter Parker. Although here in the current more comics, she is friends with Peter. Uh, but it was just funny to kind of have that in. It's like, oh, yes, yeah, Spider-Man, awesome. Peter Parker, not so much. <laughs> So we have that little bit, plus a very important thing happens there. J. Jonah Jameson is laying into Eddie Brock for making him look like a fool and fires him. Networks are laughing at me, Brock. Even Fox. Can you imagine the humiliation? That's all because of you. Me? Don't blame me. Blame Spider-Man. I do. But him, I can't fire. And that's the end we ever see of Eddie Brock, isn't it? He never comes back ever on the show again, right? Oh yeah, we'll never see no, that never. guy again. Never you know, again. He he moved back to Philadelphia where he came from. Yep. Okay. Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Any final thoughts from uh, this? Do you, do you remember this episode now? Uh, I, 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 I do. I, I do remember a lot about it. I just can't really discuss it in full detail. But let me say that the parts I watched of it, I loved the scorpions part. It, it's amazing. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and that's coming up later. <laughs> That's like episode five or six. I'm ready for episode five or six. Me to say I'm ready that for Scorpion in a movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> he he was always him and Shocker are my two favorite Spider-Man villains as a kid. So I'm excited. Well, you will see the Shocker, and Shocker has always been kind of a uh, a thug for hire in yeah, his is. own way, yeah. anyway. Uh, which we'll we'll be able to talk about the Shocker later because he will make an appearance. Uh, I don't remember if he's in season one, but I know in season two. I think he is. I think he is. And, of course, Jim Cummings is the voice. Yes, indeedy. Mm-hmm. And I, I, one of the things I like about the Shocker, though, is the very first Spider-Man comic that I ever bought, Shocker was the villain in that, oh, episode, very cool. in that issue. Yeah. So I, he, he has a special place for me. So anytime I get to fight him in a video game, I'm like, Shocker, old buddy, I'm here to yeah. kick your butt. But yeah, back to, so back to this episode. I do remember as a teenager, um, and, and I do remember I, I love the Kingpin in the animated series. Probably my favorite version of the Kingpin I've, I've ever seen is from this animated series with uh, Roscoe uh, Brown. Is this? Oh, uh, we'll have to look that up. But he's a very famous voice actor. Okay, uh, a lot of television in the eighties has a, had a great voice. Unfortunately, we've lost him. Yeah. Uh, but, oh, uh, I forgot to mention that the voice of Spencer Smythe was Edward Mulhair. And you'll like this. He played Devin Miles on Knight Rider. You oh, know, the sweet. guy in charge. Sweet. Wow. That's cool. Yes. He had a lot of different roles when <laughs> I looked him up. Uh, unfortunately, he did pass away in yeah. 1997. Yeah, because he was older. Yeah. Yes. 
But how cool that he got to be in at oh, least one episode of Spider-Man. Amazing. I love that. And let me do a little shameless plug on my own podcast, Saturday Morning Rewind. I just had an interview, amazing interview, with Ed Asner, legendary voice actor and legendary actor, period. And, of course, he is the voice of J. Jonah Jameson. Right. So go so over whenever to... Whenever you happen to hear this, make sure you go and check out Saturday Morning Rewind, because I don't... <laughs> the timing might not be the yeah. same, but go and check out his feed, because you can find that. It'll be there. Plus, you, didn't you talk to the voice of Kit? I did, oh, yeah. Oh, wait. William okay. Daniels, yeah. Yes. So, Knight Rider fans, go back and check that out, too. <laughs> yep. Just go to SaturdayMorningRewind.com. You'll find it. And, of course, visit TheNeverlandPodcast.com, and you'll find The Neverland Podcast for all things Spider-Man and Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and occasionally branching out outside to something else that is just kind of cool and mm-hmm. geeky. Yes. Alrighty. Any other final thoughts on this episode before we roll on? Nope. I love it. And you described it incredibly well and I can I can imagine it in my head. Yes, and this was a fantastic episode because actually at the time I wasn't familiar with the Spider Slayer. So this was really mm, cool. Exactly. And I love there's there's a great line in there uh, where Jonah Jameson, when he's, when he's bawling out uh, Eddie Brock, says that you've made me the laughing stock amongst all the networks, even Fox, which is funny because this <laughs> aired on the Fox Kids yes. Network. Find us on Facebook by simply searching the Mighty Marvel Tooncast. We have an entire page that you can like. And uh, we'll try to put some more stuff on there. We also do have a Twitter feed for the Marvel Tooncast. I believe it's just simply at Marvel Tooncast. Sweet. Make sure, though, you find us on iTunes and leave us a review, please, because it's a new show. We want to get it out there. We want to get more people to know about it. And if you leave a a bunch of reviews, uh, it really helps us because it lets us know if you're enjoying it. Plus, it also has iTunes say, hey, people are watching and listening to this show. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, I think this pretty much wraps it up. Make sure you subscribe there on iTunes. Subscribe to the Saturday Morning Rewind. Subscribe to Neverland Podcast. Subscribe to our friends because our friends make awesome shows. See you next time. Excelsior. Right. Bye. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.